Welcome to the Travel Pulse Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Bowman, the executive editor of TravelPulse.com. Today is Monday, May 3rd, another special Monday edition of the podcast as it's a special week. So I couldn't wait for Tuesday. I just had to get it out this week. It is National Travel and Tourism Week, and we are here to celebrate the true heroes of the travel industry, the travel advisors. National Travel Advisor is this Wednesday, May 5th, and we're looking forward to that. A lot of big stuff coming up around this week and and for advisors too. So be on the lookout for a full roundup of some goodies and things uh, that a lot of companies are doing for you, the travel advisor out there. But before I bring this week's guest on, I have a big announcement. We finally have a date and location for the 2021 Travi Awards, aka the Oscars of the travel industry. The Travis will be held at the Miami Convention Center on November 10th. So we had to push this back uh, because of the pandemic. Usually it's in Q1 of the year, but obviously events uh, couldn't really take place in January or February of 2021 here. So we pushed it back and we've been thinking, what are we going to do? When are we going to have it? How do we want to do it? And we didn't really want to do a virtual one. We want to get with you, the people. We want to get with you, the suppliers, and meet and greet and have a good time. So we had to push it back and wait a little bit. So we're setting it up, and it's in November 10th, right before Cruise World. So down in Miami, usually this is in New York, but uh, now we're we're pushing it down to Miami and going to have a good time in in, uh, sunny South Beach out there. So more details on nominees and voting process to come at a later date, but we're really excited. The 2021 Travi Awards are back. And now joining me on the show today is Michelle Fee, CEO and founder of Cruise Planners. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Eric. Oh, nice say, yeah, I'm glad, glad to have you back, actually. This is the second mm-hmm. time Michelle has been on the show, just me this time. Um, but we are going to discuss the value of travel advisors and how Cruise Planners is doing its part to help aid advisors and advocate for the return of travel and tourism in a safe manner. So a lot of good stuff to come up later in the show. But at first, as we do on every show, in case this is your first time listening, let's dive into what is trending in the world of travel. And we begin with uh, some cruise news. No surprise there. It's actually perfect timing in having Michelle on uh, because last week the CDC said cruises could resume from U.S. ports by midsummer. In a letter to the media, the CDC announced several new steps to speed up the approval process for resuming sailings, including requiring cruise lines to prove, uh, prove 98% of its crew and 95% of its passengers are vaccinated if the ships are to skip simulated voyages and move directly to open water sailing. The agency said it would respond within five days to applications for simulated voyages down from an anticipated time of 60 days. They also revealed updated uh, testing and quarantine requirements for passengers and crew would align with its guidance for fully vaccinated Americans. The cruise industry naturally was quite excited about this. Uh, Michelle, you said you were thrilled in your official statement out to the media. So where were you when you heard this news? Because I imagine you probably knew before most people. And how confident are you that cruises from U.S. ports will actually happen this summer? And Eric, you're right, because I have to consider myself, you know, one of the lucky ones, because I did have a little bit of insider information. Um, So although I was, and I said I was thrilled and excited to finally hear that the CDC was going to lift that conditional sale order uh, mid-summer, I did have a little bit of a heads up that it was going to happen soon. I didn't know the exact date. But I did know it was coming soon. So I think I'm thrilled, excited, and um, I like to say Yahoo. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. That's good. Yeah. And you're pretty, you feel pretty confident or that uh, that'll actually happen this summer. That good news is on the horizon. We can soon get I to really booking. Yeah. We're already seeing cruise ships, you know, uh, gathering crew, vaccinating them. Um, and again, having a little bit of insider information. 
you know, uh, they will get those ships up and running. And I do believe as well as the cruise lines believe they will be back in the water mid-July from a U.S. port. They're going to be back in the waters a little sooner than that. Right. Yeah. We got some Caribbean sailings coming out in June, which I know a lot of people are looking forward to. But, you know, the the big thing here for for the cruise industry is sailing out of U.S. ports because there's so many jobs are relied upon that for Americans here. Um, But you guys are seeing some solid consumer demand for cruising based on like 2022 numbers compared to previous years. Is that right? We are definitely. So when we're really happy about that, but it wasn't even because of the ship sailing this this summer. It was the past 10 weeks or so, our purchases have been at 29, close to 2019 levels. If not, some weeks were over 2019 levels. And our 2022 business, I got to tell you, is off the charts. And if everyone travels, we're going to probably have our best year ever. And I know I'm sure others are, are shaking their heads saying, yes, we're setting ourselves up nicely too, which we all know. I think my bigger concern is that once those few ships leave the U.S. port sometime, you know, midsummer and other travelers start seeing that it's safe to cruise again, that the demand is going to outpace the supply. I think one example of that is Alaska, you know, and hopefully we can squeak out a little bit of the Alaska season this year. But, you know, there are so many people who, you know, were booked in 2020 and then again in 2021. So they waited three years to take that cruise. So, yes, demand is there. Yeah, and we love hearing that, too, because it did gets you excited about the future and where the industry can head and, and head in the right direction and everything. But when it comes to international cruising versus domestic cruising, what do you see in there? Obviously, international usually takes, you know, um, the top spot among a lot of people. They want to get out and see the world. But, you know, domestic cruising is already taking place right now with some river cruises. So I'm curious what things are looking like on your end there. Right. So, you know, we all heard recently some of the lines announced that they were sailing out of like Caribbean, Greece, Iceland and other places. And we even heard like within a day or two, some of those ships actually sold out on their first sailings. So again, proving that pent up demand is, is absolutely happening. People want a vacation and they want a vacation this year. You know, I think the vaccines have given consumers confidence, um, you know, plus the lower case numbers, you know, more travelers just to, you know, we can see it. They want to travel. Um, You know, I will say, though, that throughout the pandemic, Europe cruising has been at the top of the list week after week, um, and it did surpass cruises from domestic ports. And that makes a lot of sense, right? The booking window for a European cruise vacation versus a Caribbean cruise, you know, is, you know, Caribbean's much closer in, Europe is, you know, in the future. So that's why I think 2022 is really being set up as a phenomenal year. And the river cruising, of course, stand out, luxury cruising. You know, we've heard, you know, that the around the world cruises sold out for 2023, 2022, 2023. And I think even in the future, you know, it's definitely those type of travelers realize they've got to get their deposits in to get exactly the cabin and the itineraries they want. But domestically, we're, we're we are seeing that um, we're having, you know, strong results starting in Q4. 
Um, I think the summer and the fall will fill up as soon as those lines start uh, revealing the dates, the itineraries, which we, you know, has yet to be announced. So, you know, we're hopeful that once that happens, we can backfill from summer on. Um, and we also know that ships are going to be phased in. So not every line is going to take all of their 22 ships and, you know, they're not going to depart in July. That's going to be phased in. And um, so we, we, we're feeling strong. We're feeling that once we can get to that point, we keep saying it's going to be in our rearview mirror. You know, every day it's going to get better and better. Definitely. Yes. Advisors out there need to get ready and gear up because it's, it's coming soon. I feel like there's going to be a big brush as soon as, you know, as soon as they get that go ahead and that clear, all clear and, you know, dates can actually be set and bookings can, you know, booking windows can be announced and all that good stuff. I think exactly. it's going to be a huge rush there. So uh, well, I'm curious, actually, when was the last cruise you took and uh, when do you hope your next one is? Or do you, I already have, have my next one okay. booked. I am uh, booked out of St. Martin on Windstar in July. Awesome. So I'm going to be one of those that, you know, puts their mask on and, you know, sees the world. You know, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a wanderer. I, I, want, I want to get back out there. I, I want to I lead the charge. And my last one was just before the shutdown on Regent. I believe it was in February or March of okay. 2020. Yeah, it's been, it's been a while for a lot of us. So that's exciting. You have one already set and um one to look forward to gonna make that it'll be an interesting experience you know flying down and then getting on instead of you know just hopping on over from a, a florida port there so uh, that's exciting you mentioned uh wearing your mask and that leads me kind of into the next uh news segment we have here is in airline news uh, tsa announced an extension of its cdc backed requirement that passengers wear face masks aboard planes trains buses and all public forms of transportation it was set to expire on May 11th, but we will uh, will instead um, continue through now to uh, at least September 3rd, which kind of surprised me. We talked a little bit about this on the show last week, if, if you've, anyone checked that out. Um, so I'm curious, Michelle, are you surprised by this extension at all? And kind of what's the latest with cruise industry and masks that you're, you're hearing? Yeah, I, I don't think so. I think what's happening around the world, I don't think anyone could have been surprised at the fact that you're going to need to wear a mask if traveling for a longer period of time. And I myself, I don't even mind if it's going to keep everybody safe. You know, we do have those outliers who, you know, choose not to wear one. But I think most people want to remain safe. And even though you are vaccinated, you know, I, I honestly, I have no problem wearing a mask, although I despise them just like everybody else and can't wait for the day that we get to throw them all in the garbage. But um I'm, 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 I'm okay with wearing it for now. Yeah. I was a little surprised that it was extended through to September. I mentioned this on the show last week. I thought, you know, maybe uh, they would set some type of in, in July. Cause that's kind of what president Biden has been saying for a while now is looking at, you know, July 4th is kind of the getting back to normal and stuff. But then I got to thinking and I was like, well, if they set it through to July, then, you know, there's still that small chance that they might have to extend it. So just go ahead and extend it through to September but, and hopefully they I can mean, rescind it. You know, that would be. You can look at the reaction, um, you know, the CDC travel alert last week. They, they made 80% of the world at a level four. Right. So um, I guess I'm not so shocked that they would extend the mask mandate, you know, a little farther along. But we always like to say three months of COVID time is like three years. So there's so much that can happen be between now and then, to your point, maybe they will um, lift it when we get closer to. 
Yeah, that, that would be a welcome news to a lot of people. I know, especially on the cruise side, I've heard from a lot of advisors and stuff. They've talked to their clients just don't want to cruise with a mask on. And, and But, you know, clearly some people do, and they're totally fine with it because the, the bookings and the numbers are, are showing that um, people want to get and out there. telling people, you know, if you're uncomfortable, you know, look to book a different type of, maybe this is the year that you, you know, take it all inclusive or you find a different type of vacation and we'll book you in 2022 where we know there won't be a mask mandate. Uh, looking forward to those days when there won't be a mandate in place. So um, totally agree. In, in other travel related news, uh, we're getting closer and closer to Europe setting uh, tourism reopening dates. We already actually know a few that have been set. Uh, Spain aims for a June reopening. France is already setting a date with June 9th in place. Ireland plans for uh, late summer. And this probably in July or August is looking like there. They're not going to make an announcement until June, they said. Um, they are just lifting up some of their local lockdowns there. Uh, other re- related uh, reopening news, the Dominican Republic and St. Kitts and Nevis updated travel requirements. You can find full details on those on travelpulse.com. So cruise planners, though, does more than just cruises. I don't. Uh, some people may not realize that, but you guys do more than just cruises, as you mentioned, all-inclusive and setting stuff up. So what have you noticed about land and air travel from your side of things? Yeah, I always like to start off this question by saying, don't let the name fool you, (laughs) because Cruise Planners has always been a leader in the land uh, sales as well. In fact, we are the number one global seller of travel and beaches resorts in the world. So we sell our fair share of land. And, you know, during this pandemic, you know, you had to pivot, our favorite word, right? Pivot. So early last summer, we realized that we sell a large volume of cruises, but that's not coming back as quickly as we would hope. So pivot, we did. Um, And at one point, I mean, early this year, uh, our land sales outpaced our cruise sales. And we know that's temporary, right? Now that we're finally going to get a date as to when ships are back in the water. But, you know, we're happy to say that we didn't just want um, our agents to just survive. We wanted to make sure, not that anybody thrived, that's for sure, but we wanted to make sure that they were able to, you know, at least get paid some commissions. And when there's no ships to sell, we had to dig deep. I mean, last number, uh, last summer, rather, we were uh, marketing and selling RV rentals. It was just we were kind of sharing with our agents and and training them on, you know, figure out what's close, you know, to your market area, you know, and learn about it because everybody, you know, we're all, we cover all 50 states. Um, we even built an entire land-based tool, which helped our a- agents better understand like all of those all-inclusives. And what do you sell when somebody wants to go on a land vacation? Because a lot of our agents focus all crews mm-hmm. they they weren't aware of who to call and you know what what all inclusives were for families or luxury or honeymooners so it gave them information on where their traveler should go and could go now so we even updated things as to you know what could you be selling right at this point in time that's good yeah that, that's great that you were able to help out and we're going to touch on a little bit more of those uh, tools in a minute here. And that, that pretty much wraps up uh, what has been trending in travel in the last week. If you had any additional thoughts, you know, drop me an email and I'd love to hear from you listeners out there. It's podcast at travelpulse.com. 
Com. So kind of segueing here into the theme of this week's show on the heroes of the travel industry, a.k.a. the real influencers of travel, and that's the travel advisor. So, Michelle, I would love for you to tell me a little bit how much of the true value of the travel advisor did we really witness over the last year? And do you have any save the day stories you'd be up for sharing about how advisors help their clients? Well, I'd like to start off by saying I absolutely agree with you that the travel advisors were the heroes. There's no doubt. And I myself, being a travel advisor years ago, I completely understand what they were going uh, going through. And we had so many agents. I mean, we all know the rebookings and the bookings and the cancellations. I wouldn't even know where to start by like sharing one story. There were so many of them. I couldn't be more prouder of our advisors. And again, they all were heroes, all travel advisors. You know, the amount of work and perseverance they shown during these last 14 months. And if they're still around, they're, they're nothing short of incredible. Um, but one thing is for certain about, you know, travel advisors. They are going to be more important than ever to rebuilding this travel industry. I talked to, you know, the cruise side, even the land vendors, every one of them say they are going to lean so much on the travel advisor as things start to open up and, you know, we get back out there. You know, I tell my agents, guys, buckle up and be ready. (laughs) The long hiatus that we've had is going to be over shortly and we're going to be going at full speed ahead. You know, that revenge travel is going to happen. People have two years worth of vacation money that they need to spend. Um, and I always say to my travel advisors, travel did not go out of style. It just, pe- we needed to wait until people felt comfortable in going. And we're seeing it now. People are comfortable. You know, maybe some of them that are unvaccinated might want to stay closer to home. All the people... It appears the people that are vaccinated, uh, you know, are looking to finally take the vacation they've been waiting for for over a year. Yes, I totally agree with you on the advisor stuff and, and saving the day for a lot. Of, there's just so many different stories. We've, we've written about a few over uh, throughout the last year up on Travel Pulse. And, you know, some of the, the big ones for me, I think, were, you know, um, saving their clients from being stuck overseas. Like a lot of especially, you know, you look back to like last March and April, people getting stuck in Europe or the Caribbean, um, some people waited online, waited on the phone for hours and hours, and they didn't even talk to a real person. Other people, they just called their travel advisor, and their travel advisor did everything for them and got them home and shifted their flights around and, and got them safe and sound back back at home before lockdowns and it all happened. Just and amazing, everything. just amazing. You know, the stress levels were extremely high, but you know, a travel advisor maybe behind the scenes was a little crazy and stressed out, but calm, cool, collective, helping their customers along the way. Even we had agents helping other people's customers because they couldn't get through online to some of the online players. So they had a friend who said, oh, you have to call my travel advisor. They just helped. And so, you know, as, you know, being a good person during these difficult times, a lot of our travel advisors helped those that booked either direct or a different way. So I was pretty proud of that. That's amazing. Yeah. Going above and beyond the call there to assist uh, travelers. We all, we all love travel here. So if uh, you are not a travel advisor out there that we do have some regular travelers out there listening, if you've never used a travel advisor before, I highly encourage you to do so moving forward. There are so many good ones out there. 
Especially now, Eric, with all these new Mm -hmm. protocols, every country is requiring something different and every mode of travel is, every vendor is, every, you know, could be, you know, resort has a, a, you know, different way of doing business. So to navigate that by yourself, good luck. (laughs) Right. Yeah. You might see some enticing deal on some advertisement while you're scrolling through social media or just looking on the internet somewhere. But if you don't have an advisor, you know, to have your back through that, then who knows what's going to happen. So it's, it's good to have one of those uh, in your corner and they can help you in times of need and they can also help you find those deals too. So they're, they're the real heroes out there. So um, definitely make sure you work with one. And I, I want to talk a little bit about um, cruise planners advisors. The advisors have been key in the fight to get cruising to return to us ports. The recent news from CDC, you know, is fueled by the collective voice of the travel advisor community. And we know that cruise planners, travel advisors were a big part of that. So You've even participated in some government advocacy work and important meetings. So can you talk a little bit about the importance of these critical conversations? Oh, definitely. And, you know, those conversations, you know, needed to happen. You know, we would have liked them to happen a little sooner than they did. But I believe those conversations really created noise, you know, and as advocates, we grew louder. And at some point, the CDC in Washington couldn't ignore us anymore. You know, they see the cruise lines as these like 900 pound gorillas, but what they don't see is the industry at large, you know, all of us travel advisors, you know, people who work for travel companies, you know, port workers around the country, the longshoremen, the trickle down effect of that local taxi driver, transfer services, hotels. I mean, I can go on and on excursion companies and so much more that we all needed to stand up and and start being advocates as well. You know, unfortunately, the news focused in on an outbreak on board a ship. And, you know, let's be clear, you know, a year ago, nobody even knew what COVID was or how it spread. And, you know, it's come so far with the vaccines and the testing and the treatments. So I think we're returning to the seas at the right time. Had we done it, Um, pre-vaccine, I'm sure that, you know, the cruise lines would have pulled it off. But again, we're under a microscope. And if it had a little bit of an outbreak, it, it would have just docked us again, where I think with vaccines and rolling it out based on whether you're vaccinated or not was the right decision, in my opinion. And, you know, we have cruisers that are saying, I'm not going to get the vaccine, but I want to cruise. I feel like I'm being left out. The point is that the number one priority has to be for the health and well-being of everyone on board. And as soon as we, you know, get a little farther along, I am sure it will be open to non-vaccinated. Maybe those have to be tested. But, you know, for right now, I believe, in my opinion, the cruise lines made the right choice. Yeah, I agree with you there. I think in in time we can get to that, and but in in the onset, in the initial go, you you kind of have to do that. Especially as you mentioned, the cruise lines have been under a microscope, and there've been a lot of negativity thrown at them, and a lot of you know unfair treatment in some in some aspects. So I think that you know choosing to come out now and doing it and pairing it with the vaccines and everything, I think is is the right move. So. Um, it has been a hard year and many jobs have been lost in the industry. We, we've talked about that a little bit. You talked a little bit about uh, some of the tools that you put in place with cruise planners because you didn't just cut the team. You helped aid those in need with these new tools. So can you share what uh, some of those other tools are and uh, do they plan to stay for the advisors moving forward? 
Yes. Um, so we totally agree <laughs> that this is probably the most excruciating year of our lives. Um, however, we were determined not only to survive, but find a way to help our agents survive. So we did that by first changing the narrative. You know, it was really difficult on the onset to find anything positive, but we decided early on that we were going to have conversations with our agents. We asked them on their internal uh, chat boards to try to keep it positive. Talk to, you know, it, we're, all, we're surrounded by negativity. You turn on the TV and you couldn't find a news channel that was talking about anything but. So go out on those chat groups and talk about maybe, you know, some some you know, something you took in, in training that you thought was great. So when travel comes back, you've learned something or maybe, you know, you, you, you found a, a way to market future travel, whatever it may be. Um, but some of the things we did is really early on, we wanted to make sure our agents knew what they can sell right now. Like, and I don't mean today, I mean, going back to June, July, August of last year, um, you know, what local travel did real well and they could sell. Mexico, Caribbean, those all-inclusives were selling. You know, so were future cruises. Um, so we started on, we started to focus on, and we kept telling them that, on things we could control and not worry about the things that we couldn't control. We started uh, communicating for our advisors to their customers. At first, it was very respectful travel. We're here for you. Call us when you're ready. But by June of last summer, we were back to full-fledged marketing. And, you know, along the way, I would hear agents saying, I'm not marketing yet. And this was like late fall, uh, early winter last year. And I'm thinking, why aren't they marketing? You know, if they're not selling to them, somebody else is. Um, so, and we also know how important it is for our advisors to be in the know. So every Friday, uh, myself, along with my uh, business partner, Vicki Garcia, we did a Friday update. It gave our agents, we tried really hard to find the most up-to-date information. As we received it, we were giving it to them. We had every president from every cruise line and tour company, also CLIA, ASTA, just to come in once a week and give them a short um, brief on things that were happening. We also had our advisors who had those little small successes. We shared them so other agents can say, oh, okay, let me try that. So again, um, what could you do to keep yourself relevant during this time? So, you know, we, we worked really hard in, you know, focusing in. And I, I can tell you like. Q4 and beyond, we're looking really strong and we're pretty proud of that. That's great. Yeah, that's kind of the adapt and, and thrive um, stuff we've been talking about earlier. So the Q4 seems to be, uh, you know, on the horizon for a lot of people to be excited about. Um, you're, you're not the only one that has mentioned Q4, you know, with feeling feeling real confident about that. So that's really exciting. You know, brighter days are ahead. So um, thank you so much for taking the time to to join me today on the podcast. Um, I just want to get your yeah last question here. What would be your message to those advisors out there without a host? And why should they consider your cruise planners? Right. So look, I'm not looking to pillage any hosts. So but if someone is not affiliated with a host or their host shut down or something happened, you know, I, I'll boast about our home office team. We haven't skipped a beat. You know, we created a ton of new tools and programs. 
And this was really just not to help them navigate through the pandemic, which some of them were, but there was also that silver lining on some of the tools and programs that will definitely be around post-COVID. One of them was our Where To Next series. So each month we have a travel theme and then we create a virtual travel night in a box. And what do we mean by that? We mean our agents do absolutely nothing other than we hope having to follow up and make bookings. So we don't ask them for a list. We, we create the invitations. We send it out because we have our system. We know who the right customer is for right products. We built that already. We create the presentation. We have a robust promotion. And then we follow up for the agent. And our first event back in September was the Galapagos. And I'll tell you, we sold more in that one week than we did in the whole year of 2019. That's how much people had that pent up you know, travel demand. And it just went over extremely well. So of course, we repeated that a number of times from last September. And our next event is tomorrow night. It's basically cruising is back. And it's funny, because we set this well before we knew the CDC ruling. So it just happened to be in our favor. Uh, We're going to focus on the future of cruising, what that looks like. And we I, I just kept saying the timing was perfect. So that's just one of the tools, but you know, throughout this, we we built so many things to help the agents. You know, future crews and and tour credits. You know, how do you manage them? They don't have to manage them on an Excel spreadsheet. We have it all built into our system. And again, that word pivot, our favorite word, is we had to figure out how to pivot and create a whole system that helped not only them manage their their future tour and future cruise credits, but us. So we can actually market to those customers on their behalf based on what future cruise or future, future tour credit were they holding. So if they were holding a specific cruise line's future cruise credit, we're, we're going to market to them saying, here's the latest and greatest with just that cruise line's information on it. All great stuff, Michelle. Thank you so much for, for taking time to join me on the show today. I really appreciate it. And, and talking travel advisors, uh, Cruise Planners has done tremendously well. And uh, all the travel advisors out there listening to, we love you. Thank you for, for doing everything that you do. And good luck. Absolutely. Yes. The brighter days are ahead and the big rush is coming. So prepare yourselves accordingly. Thank you, Eric. Thanks again so much to Michelle Fee, CEO and founder of Cruise Planners, for joining me on the show today to talk travel advisors, talk cruising, a lot of good stuff. We had a great conversation. I had a lot of fun. Always a pleasure to have her on. So she'll be on again in the future someday, I'm sure of it. So if you'd like to be on or you just have any feedback about today's show or anything in general, I'd love to hear from you. Podcast at TravelPulse.com is the best way to reach out. So thanks for listening and uh, have a great National Travel and Tourism Week, everyone. And to my advisors out there, make sure you enjoy yourself. Take some time for yourself on National Travel Advisor Day and uh, treat yourself right. So thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great week.